Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, September the 9th, 2013. This is episode number 145 of Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan. Yes, sir. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes and Android devices. Use Double Twist. <clears throat> I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Do appreciate it oh so very much. Thank you again for joining me once again. And it is time to finally talk about regular season football. Here we go. It, <laughs> we are ready. It is back for another season of Purple Mafia Game Reviews. This is season number six already. Yes, sir. The time has flown by. Oh, yes, it has. And the Detroit Lions still piss me off, probably as much as anybody in the league. And why that is, I'm not sure. It's just there's something about the Detroit Lions that gets the blood flowing for Paladino Joey. <laughs> Joey watch it. it. It gets the blood flowing. I'm going to do the best I can today to come on here and talk to you analytically, objectively, <laughs> Without trying to be crazy, at the same time, you're going to always hear the emotion of this host. You will always hear emotion from me. And when we play Detroit, the emotion is going to come out. It just, it always is. So, expect an interesting show today. <laughs> I'm going to always try to give you an interesting show, though. That's the whole idea of radio in the first place, to be interesting, analytical, objective, and to create discussion. Not necessarily to break news. Eh, not necessarily, no, because it's, yeah. Well, that's just how it goes. All right, we also like to welcome those of you joining from Dakota Sports FM. Thank you again, Travis Cranes, always, for having us on that website as well. Uh, good afternoon to those of you there. Yes, sir, joining us on TuneIn Radio or from Dakota Sports FM, which, of course, you can listen to it via TuneIn Radio as well. Very exciting that way because if you yeah if you can't be in front of a computer you can still listen to it obviously on a mobile device all right so yes the format change official the uh facebook twitter all that stuff which i did for a few years for for years i would start the show with that not anymore we are going to start the show with the game review yeah that's what i probably should have been doing all this time uh i've got to do the best i can to keep the show as entertaining as possible for those of you that are listening so you'll keep coming back and keep listening that would be the idea of radio, yet again. So here we go. <laughs> right away, Minnesota heading to Detroit. Yes, sir. The be- <laughs> ah, boy, it's been quite a while since Minnesota has opened against Detroit. In fact, I don't think we have opened 
with them in quite a while, to be honest with you. And I've been watching this team since 1992. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter how often we open against the Detroit Tigers, right? Detroit Lions. But what does matter is if we win or lose. And losing to Detroit historically has not been a good omen for the Minnesota Vikings. It, it really hasn't. And maybe that's why I get so pissed off and frustrated when, in fact, we do lose to them. Now, last year, the Vikings swept the Detroit Lions and made the postseason. Go figure. In such a frustrating season as last year was for the longest time, it ended very positively until Christian Ponder's shoulder was hurt due to a Packer helmet during a throw. Good times. Yeah, just love that so much. Speaking of the quarterback, of course, he's going to be a huge, huge topic today. How I'm going to discuss him, how I'm going to analyze him, you'll see. I've got a very, uh, well, what I think is an interesting view of Christian Ponder. I'm going to be analytical of him. You may think that my views on Christian Ponder are not new. You may think that they are out there, or it doesn't matter, though. Ultimately, it's one man's opinion. And that's how we're going to, that's just how radio is. So deal with it, right? It's one man's opinion. Some of you out there think Christian Ponder should get another chance and should should play forever. And some of you want him to die, apparently, according to one of those, according to a tweet that went to Samantha Ponder, Samantha Steele, whatever you want to call her, on Twitter. Yeah, she's, they basically told Samantha Steele, that uh, go McNair on him. Yeah, that's wonderful, isn't it? Go McNair on him. Now, there's two insensitivities involved in that kind of tweet. So, oh, look at me talking about Twitter this early, but I'm just going to say this real quick, because might as well just say it right now. There's two insensitivities going on there, and you probably know what they are if you, like, pay attention to how I'm wording this. Well, obviously, it's insensitive to tell your... Tell some tell somebody's wife to oh let's yeah kill him yeah kill him ha he sucks kill him you should ha 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 isn't that funny but uh, well breaking news as it happens Steve McNair's dead and you're making light of it jeez okay that's hilarious <laughs> funny stuff man yeah so yeah there's two forms of insensitivity going on with that. I'm not one of those guys that gets easily offended and is all sensitive about everything, but at the same time, that's a little bit wishy, uh, yeah, wishy-washy. That's a little bit retarded. There we go. All right, so got that out of the way. Glad I was able to do that for you. Was I, glad, glad, I was glad I was able to bring uh, an opinion on that topic for you. <laughs> Brent Jacobson giving me a little reminder via text not long before I started recording. In fact, maybe a couple hour, hour and a half before I came on the airwaves for you tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you so very much. Brent, always. Love you. Love Brent Jacobson. How can you not? Uh, there were no call-ins today, by the way. But the phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Always encourage you to call in. But uh, if there's no calls today, that's fine. I can just get on with the show. Vikings again, heading into Detroit, and it was not the best game in the world for the Vikings, was it? Uh, boy, it's one of those where-do-I-begin type of game reviews. Can I call this an unreviewable game? Well, sometimes I can. Today, oh, there's a lot. Sometimes when I say it's unreviewable, it's kind of like in a word of, like, there's so much 
BS involved in the game that it's unreviewable. In a way, you could say that about this one, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff to analyze about this game. And uh, some of my greatest fears came to light because, well, the whole talk about preseason doesn't mean anything. Preseason doesn't mean anything. Preseason doesn't mean anything. Well, sometimes it shows tendencies of certain (laughs) parts of the team, like the offensive line, the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, the quarterback. Sometimes when it's the tendencies of of like a certain group on the team, like the O-line, we'll say, for example, hint, hint, if there's, because that's obviously more important than a single player. Like, if Chris Cook sucked in the preseason, well, you never know. Maybe he'll step it up in the regular season, and he's certainly better. But if the whole secondary sucked in the preseason, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? And what did I say during those preseason games when I was basically being told preseason doesn't matter, shut up, stop freaking out? Well, the offensive line got their ass handed to them the entire preseason. It wasn't just once, it was all of the games. And the offensive line got their ass handed to them in Detroit, Michigan. Or Ford Field, or whatever you want to call a Galdern place. (laughs) And yes, the Detroit Lions have one of the best defensive lines in football. And in fact, they may become become just that. the The best defensive line in football at some point in time. Not calling them that right now, but the possibility does exist and persists. With that said, they have one of the most, speaking of idiots, one of the biggest idiots of all time to play the defensive line, and that's, as Dylan liked to call him, Dylan Richardson, who will be joining me next week. I'll get back to that later when we get to the Chicago Bears preview. Man, um, but in the, okay, and Dominican Sue, to be serious, is definitely, now it's a, he absolutely, if he wasn't already the Andrew Bynum of football, he is the Andrew Bynum of football, folks, because he doesn't stop. He doesn't get it. Do you realize that John Sullivan's knee was basically ACL, like it was an ACL warning, basically, at that, like, say if there's a tornado coming? There was a definite ACL uh, alert on that one. And you know what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. No ACL happened. John Sullivan is just a little sore today. And just like everybody else that played yesterday, I'm sure, in the literally black and blue division. Now, maybe they're hitting each other hard, but the defense wasn't so good. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, luckily he's just sore today, and he'll be back playing for the Vikings next week, or so we hope. Boy, oh boy. Mm Mm-mm. Ouch. Dominican Sue basically was this close to knocking out John Sullivan, at least for one season, if not... Forever, because you know sometimes ACLs and that's it. Phil, uh, Phil, Phil Torian Gray in that category. Remember him, David Palmer, two guys that were pretty valuable players for the Vikings years ago that basically never saw the light of day again after their injuries. Palmer briefly played, but was done. Gray never did play again. Torian Gray was a nice safety for the Vikings in the '98 season. <sighs> yeah, and was hurt unfortunately before the. Uh, I remember the secondary started to drop in play. But, yeah, just saying, obviously, you don't want that to happen to John Sullivan, who was one of the actual most legit uh, members of the offensive line. Uh, so thank you so much, Ndamukong Sue, for tr- attempting to injure a player during a return touchdown. Good job there. Continuing on word. It's going to be kind of a bounce-around deal because there's, there's so much to get to in this game, it's going to drive you nuts. 
It's it drove me nuts. This game pissed me off in so many ways. It just pissed me off watching this type of football. Just a, a sloppy, incompetent. And it wasn't on one side of the ball. It was on both sides. <laughs> when Detroit was screwing up things and pe- getting penalties up the yin yang and making <laughs> just just idiotic type of penalties, just like how 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 could you screw that up type of penalties? <laughs> it's just you know it was funny to watch that, but boy, when the Vikings would just do it right back via penalty or just horrible defense or God knows what, it's just, that type of football can just raise your blood pressure to 100% or whatever, I don't know, not 100%, like one ridiculous, ridiculous numbers, we'll just say. And, uh, you wish you could turn the game off, but, well, you can't. You can't, because there's always a chance the Vikings will come back and win the game, because Detroit was that bad, and that unorganized, and that big of a mess. But, well, uh, the Vikings defense absolutely told the Detroit Lions what they could do. All day. And that's run all over them. And score at will. The Detroit Lions looked like the New Orleans Saints, ladies and gentlemen, on Sunday the 8th. September the 8th, 2013, the Detroit Lions looked like the New Orleans Saints. And I'm talking about the same Saints that pass for a gajillion yards, run for a gajillion yards, uh, running backs make receptions, running backs run, run, blah, 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 receivers catch, blah, blah, blah. It's just endless. They look a lot like the New Orleans Saints right now. And um, a young man by the name of Sebastian Balls, who has a very strong opinion on the Detroit Lions, we'll get to later. Well, he just might have been, just might have had something cooking. And my little five and eleven prediction for the Detroit Lions season is looking a little foolish right now. But it was just one game. Yet that offense looks good, ladies and gentlemen. It does. All right. Speaking of offense that looks good, well, the first play of the game. <laughs> With the best running back in the world and a guy who wants to get, who believes he can get 2,500 yards, looked like he was off to a really good start. One play, 78 yards to pay dirt. One play, 78 yards. Woo-hoo! This is going to be the funnest game ever. Adrian Peterson is going to run for over 200 yards. Vikings are going to rout this honor, this out of control bunch of nitwits in Detroit with their idiot coach. Who's as idiotic as Indomic and Sue? Joel almost. He isn't injuring people, but yeah, well, he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he almost tried to injure Jim Harbaugh. Though some people might say, might some people might not blame him for that, but uh, whatever. We'll get to Schwartz later. Adrian Peterson ran for seventy-eight yards to pay dirt on one carry, folks. One carry. One carry. One. Yeah. How many carries did Adrian Peterson have in this football game? 18. How many yards did Adrian Peterson have to finish the game on the ground? 93, ladies and gentlemen. What does that add up to? That adds up to, in 17 carries, Adrian Peterson had 15 yards, ladies and gentlemen. That sums up to an unimaginable point. We're not talking one point. We're talking point eighty-eight yards per carry on those remaining 17 touches. Oh, my God. Wow. Good stuff, Adrian. Good stuff. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't hate Adrian Peterson, and we know the offensive line has something to do with it. 
And the run blocking on this football team last year was something to be said of, to being one of the, was something to be reckoned with. The pass blocking has been pathetic, and that is not helping our great quarterback of the future. <laughs> the not-too-distant future, in my opinion. Uh, it's not helping him, no. But, um, yes, as of right now, the offensive line is playing as poorly as they possibly can. Just about. Uh, .88 yards per carry for Adrian Peterson. So, basically, after the first carry, it was this. The handoff to Adrian Peterson. Cloud of dust. Even though there is no cloud of dust in that place, but I'm just saying that's basically what it, what it is when a guy goes down like that really quickly. Nauseating. Nauseating. Uh, and it didn't help the fact that there were, uh, <laughs> because Christian Ponder is such an inept quarterback, and obviously the Detroit pass rush is so good, and there is no doubting that. Absolutely no doubting the Detroit pass rush is phenomenal. And it was last year as well, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget that it was. Even though they were a 4-12 and team, they have a great pass rush, and like I said, it's the backbone of the team. Without a doubt it is. When Indomitian Sioux has his head on straight, which is um, sometimes, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the point, though, is uh, the statistic that was brought to my attention during this afternoon was the, 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 number, the percentage of times the Detroit... Or the, well, we'll start with this first. That NFL teams have eight men in the box <laughs> on, on plays and plays in general. We're four percent per uh, in the league average per team. You know, per team league per league average four percent of the time. You know how many times Detroit had uh, eight men in the box? Twenty-one percent. Oh, for the love of God! What does that tell you? That tells you they're taking advantage of an inept quarterback. And an offensive line that isn't playing well, but ultimately an inept quarterback because they figure, well, let's just focus on Adrian Peterson. So you put all these factors together, it's 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 just adding to a one-man show, unfortunately, for Adrian Peterson. And teams are, well, what it really adds up to, it's not even about a one-man show. It's the fact that nobody's scared of Christian Ponder. Regardless of how much you want to tell me and other people, hey, it's not over for Christian Ponder yet. But <laughs> teams are not scared of Christian Ponder, folks. And I, I know this isn't necessarily breaking news, but it's but it must be said. It must be said that nobody is scared of Christian Ponder. Nobody is scared of him. Nobody is scared of Christian Ponder whatsoever. Regardless if Greg Jennings... <laughs> has been added to this offense. <laughs> we'll get back to him later, hopefully. We'll see, if, if I feel like it. <sighs> and also, you know who else nobody's scared of? Bill Musgrave. <laughs> nobody's scared of Bill Musgrave, other than, well, I guess, okay, he designs great running plays. Okay, great. He's responsible for a running back that nearly eclipsed 2,100 yards last year, post-ACL-MCL. But his passing offense is, um, well, you saw it. Is it Ponder's fault? Partially. Is it Musgrave's fault? Partially. Yes. Is it the offensive line's fault? Partially. There's a lot of problems right now with the Minnesota Vikings on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, to sum it all up. 
so it's not saying, oh, it's this guy's fault, so Ponder's okay. No, they're all bad. All of them. Right now. Right now. It's one game. It's not the end of the season. I understand that. We've seen crazy turnarounds. At uh, you know, We even saw Christian Ponder play significantly better. We saw Christian Ponder play significantly better late last year. And it was pretty cool. And we saw something out of Christian Ponder yesterday on a positive note. That he did show some ability to throw deep. Uh, at least on two passes to a guy by the name of Jerome Simpson. Who he, uh, Christian Ponder, actually first started to show. We first started to see chemistry between Ponder and Simpson last year in Detroit, of all places. Jerome Simpson likes Detroit, I guess. <laughs> or no, not in Detroit, against Detroit, excuse me, last year. Uh, and against Green Bay, too, which was really surprising. Uh, Jerome Simpson made some deep catches yesterday, and it was nice. And it was really cool to see a, a couple of decent passes from Christian Ponder that were fairly deep during the course of the game. That is encouraging. 47 yards, in fact, was the longest of the two. Jerome Simpson was targeted eight times, made seven catches for 140 yards. That's got to be a career high for Jerome Simpson. Pretty much. So a very strong game by Jerome Simpson. Uh, Nice, nice, uh, excuse me, nice chemistry between Jerome Simpson and Christian Ponder. Very happy with that. Can't can't deny it. That's that's good stuff. It's uh, but outside of that, we're not seeing all that much. Outside of that, we're seeing Christian Ponder underthrow receivers constantly. We're seeing receivers not being led away from defenders or catching the ball in stride. We're seeing receivers having to stop, turn around, and catch the ball. And that's. <laughs> That's a sign of a quarterback that just isn't... He, it, it just... It, to me, here's the here it is. This is Christian Ponder in a nutshell. He doesn't have the skill set to be a first-round draft pick. He does not. He doesn't have the arm and the overall skill set, the confidence, the presence. There's a lot of things. Christian Ponder, to me, is not a first-round draft pick. And that's not coming up here and bashing the guy saying he's the worst quarterback ever because he's not the worst quarterback ever. The worst quarterback ever did play for the Minnesota Vikings. His name was Spurgeon Wynn. He led receivers into collision courses with defensive tackles and linebackers. They almost got him killed. If you remember, Spurgeon Wynn, who played in 2001 for us semi-old-timers. You know, 2001 isn't that long ago, is it? (laughs) But no, Spurgeon Wynn almost got people killed. Help get Dennis Green fired. Thank you for that, Spurgeon. He gets a gold star for that. Thank God for that. Okay, but <laughs> um, not that Dennis Green was replaced with wonderful coaches after that, but still. Yeah, well, yeah. I think Dennis Green wore out his welcome after like five years, and he got kept on for ten. But that's a whole other story for uh, maybe I should have talked about it in the summer. <laughs> we got regular season football to talk about now. Um but no, Christian Ponder at least is halfway decent at times. To me, that adds up to, in the grand scheme of things, on a good, let's just call it a good, like a team that's serious about, like, going places, long-term, Super Bowl, like Super Bowl, Conference Finals, a San Francisco-type team, wink-wink, a team that I think is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Christian Ponder's a backup quarterback. He, he's a number two, which again tells you he's not 12th overall. Um, and you could say that about other players that were taken in the same draft. 
Jake Locker hasn't proven himself as a starter in this league. Blaine Gabbert hasn't proven himself to be even an NFL player thus far. He's been that bad. Uh, RG3, obviously, phenomenal. Guys like that. But he was a year after Ponder. But you get the idea. Uh, Really, nobody out of that draft is really shocking anybody right now. Uh, Boy, Cam Cam Newton looks good. Okay. But outside of that, it's been a bit frustrating. Even Newton at times has had his ups and downs like like a lot of young quarterbacks in this league. But Christian Ponder lacks the skill set to be a... He, he's not a starting quarterback. He's just not. For a team that's serious about winning a championship. Now, currently, I guess he's the best we have because Matt Castle is not a starting quarterback in this league. He's not. Um, so do we have a suitable replacement for Christian Ponder on the roster? No. Because Matt Castle is not better than Christian Ponder. Matt Castle's not a starting quarterback either. He is a backup quarterback, just like Ponder. And the Kansas City Chiefs learned that the hard way. Uh, Ponder, maybe, my... Well, here's the thing. I want, it's like you want to believe he can improve. And he's shown small little inklings that there's a little bit more to him than meets the eye. He can occasionally throw a deep ball and all that good stuff. But his deep passes have all been up the middle. They've all been in the middle of the field. None of them are wide deep. None of them are wide deep. And a lot of the great quarterbacks are more than capable of doing that. And Christian Ponder, on that interception that he threw, the the really, really bad one, I think you guys know which one I'm talking about. The first one you could call unearned. The one time that Jerome was targeted, Jerome Simpson was targeted and didn't catch it, well, he kind of went Cadre Ishmael on it and tipped it up in the air and was intercepted. So, in a lot of ways, Christian Ponder has an unearned interception out of that. And the final one was late in the game. It was kind of a, uh, you know, we're trying to score, but whatever. It's intercepted. Screw it. It was the second one. <laughs> the one about the midpoint of the game. When Christian Ponder... <laughs> uh, what the hell, you know? ran right and was throwing left with his right hand. It's just like, what? what? It just wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to happen. Or actually, he ran left. Yeah, excuse me. He ran left and then kind of fluttered it up in the air. Complete lack of arm strength by the guy. And I, the ball may have been tipped slightly, but either way, it was a terrible decision. All Christian had to do was throw the ball away. Uh... For a guy that already lacks confidence and constantly is like just freaking out in the pocket and has to has to have happy feet all the time, to make a play like that, like as if it's Brett Favre going for the going for the glory against like Greg Lewis or whoever, to make a throw like that didn't make a didn't make any sense at all. Complete lack of arm strength on the throw. You could just tell right away it was it was a duck. The great quarterbacks in this league would throw a bullet in that situation. Christian Ponder clearly is not that guy, and to me, that definitely dissolves any first-round pick talk with him. And that's just one play, but but there have been many others that are similar in that sense. The arm strength's not there, folks. Receivers are turning around way too much. You're not seeing guys catching the ball in stride. Sometimes you are, but only on the the passes through the middle of the field, 
like a la Jerome Simpson. But even on even on some of the passes to Jerome Simpson, he had to turn around quite a bit. Uh, Kyle Rudolph had to turn around <laughs> on some of the ones he didn't catch, and on some of the on the one of the two that he did catch. Um, boy, frustrating indeed. So I'm going long on Christian Ponder here, but isn't that what I'm here to do? Isn't that what I'm here to do? Is to go long on Christian Ponder? <laughs> yeah, we wish he could go long more often as well. But yeah, finished with 236 yards, completion percentage 64.3. Not as bad as you'd think. Only three sacks. You'd think he got like sacked a hundred times in this game, but he was hurried probably um, like infinitely throughout the game. Greg Jennings, non-factor, targeted seven times, only three receptions. Greg Jennings looks like he's more bark than bite at this stage. Um, Can that change? I hope so. I don't know, man. Uh, Greg Jennings, to me, I was really kind of skeptical. Once a guy starts talking and talking and talking, a lot of times, you know what? They don't back it up, which is really disappointing. Greg Jennings had some nice seasons with in the Brett Favre era and even in uh, the Aaron Rodgers. I almost called him Aaron Brooks. The Aaron Rodgers era, especially in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. But really since then, Greg Jennings hasn't been all that hot. Really hasn't been all that hot. And there's a reason why the Packers let him go because it's just he's on the decline. And, oh boy, I, uh, it's just one game again. So we'll see. It's... Proceed with caution. It's yellow alert with Greg Jennings right now. A a talks too much alert is on Greg Jennings right now. <laughs> Adrian Peterson uh, caught all four of the passes that he was thrown to for 18 yards. But yeah, one of them was a, a short range touchdown, which was great. One of three touchdowns for Adrian Peterson. So fantasy players rejoice if you had Adrian Peterson and rightfully took him number one overall. But here's the thing that frustrated the crap out of me and probably about everybody else that watches this team and was extremely excited when this team traded up to get Cordero Patterson. He was targeted once. He was targeted once in this game, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he caught it. Ten yard, ten yards reception and it looked nice and everything and professional and legit and all that good stuff. But that's it. That's the only time he was targeted the whole game and that leads to the elephant in the room. The passing offense in general via <laughs> Bill Musgrave. The Musgrave misery, yes. Constipated, uncreative, stubborn. Miles behind what you would call a football genius like a Jim Harbaugh. When Jim Harbaugh made the change from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick. He changed the whole offense. And Colin Kaepernick looked awesome. It went from like West Coast to spread. Colin Kaepernick adjust or yeah, the offense adjusted to Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers went to the Super Bowl and just about won it. Rightfully so, just about won it. Um, Vikings bring in Joe Webb. They don't change the offense at all. Joe Webb struggles and and well, it was a worthless football game that should never have even been played. The Vikings might as well might as well have forfeited it. Uh, Bill Musgrave, man. It, it, it's the classic cliche Cliche minister, uh, excuse me, football fan frustration. Starting quarterback, offensive coordinator. <laughs> most hated men in town if you're a football fan most of the time, and it's no different for the Minnesota Vikings this year. Oh, I mean, it's an absolute classic <laughs> hate battle going on against Christian Potter and Musgrave. And I'm not mad at anybody for wanting both of them out of here. 
I'm not mad. I'm not officially calling for their head. Well, maybe Musgrave, actually. I wouldn't mind at all if he was replaced right now. Christian Ponder, right now you can't replace him. That's the crappy part. You just can't. Uh, Musgrave, well, you probably can't either, but maybe. Maybe you can. Maybe you can hire like the... Okay, I don't even know. <laughs> oh. Where is he? Mm, mm, mm. Why can't we bring him back, right? Why can't we bring back the former Ravens coach and the former offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings back in 98? Oh. And that man, of course, being Brian Billick. I mean, yeah, wouldn't that be nice if we could bring him back? But, ah, well. Okay, dream on, right? Bill Musgrave. What more is there to say that hasn't already been said? Yeah, he's, he's frustrating and uncreative, and that's just about it. We'll just move on from Bill Musgrave for the time being. We'll probably complain about him as the year moves on. The offensive line was beaten frequently throughout the game, just all over the place. Offensive line destroyed over and over again by, yes, a legit defensive line of the Detroit Lions. Oh, and I warned constantly about it during the preseason that, boy, this offensive line doesn't look good. The starters don't look good, and the backups look awful. And yes, the backups are being beaten by second-string defensive players as well. So, the backups look awful. So, again, I guess those guys can't be replaced either. And a lot of the uh, a lot of the the issues right now are centering around Matt Khalil. Elite top pick of the Vikings last year. Third overall pick. Or was it fourth? Or was it fifth? No, it was the fourth pick officially, but should have could have, would have been third anyway, but Obviously, we traded to get a few extra pieces that we traded to get uh, get Harrison Smith and all that good stuff. Good, good trading by our our guy Rick Spielman. But Matt Khalil has sucked the whole preseason and has sucked so far in the regular season. Don't know what the deal is. Pray to God for the best there. But he has gotten beat pretty badly. Now he was really good on Adrian Peterson's run for seventy eight yards. He was good on that. And he wasn't bad the whole game, but a lot of times when the offensive line looked bad, Matt Khalil was one of the big problems, and that's a huge shame. (laughs) Defensive line in the Minnesota Vikings looked virtually invisible. Oh, we sacked sacked old what's-his-name Matthew Stafford, Matt Stafford, once. And it was Jared Allen, so we're happy for that. But Jared Allen, right now, so far, looks looks slower. So far, looks to have lost a step. Hopefully it's just the... He's just slow coming into the season because he hardly played in the preseason. Kevin Williams' absence absolutely noticed, though. Painfully evident. And even Kevin Williams last year wasn't as good as he'd been in previous years. Um, but boy, there's another guy who was a victim of a of a cheap shot, Joe Looney. It just never ends. Reggie Bush, ladies and gentlemen, against this Vikings quote-unquote defense, <laughs> if we can call it that, yesterday... Looked a lot more like Barry Sanders than um, the not-so-number-one-overall pick Reggie Bush. Well, he was number two, but you get the idea. <laughs> but, um, yeah. He looked more like Barry, Barry Sanders than Reggie Bush has looked in the past. And Reggie Bush has always beat up on the Vikings, and again, it was a very New Orleans Saints-like game for the Detroit Lions against the Vikings. I mean, if the, if the Lions were not constantly screwing up and making mistakes... And blowing it and missing field goals after getting after getting a, a penalty when when they could have easily had a touchdown, then they turn around and miss a field goal or or God knows what. I mean, just fill in the blanks basically, or just have to settle for a field goal after a dumb penalty. 
The Detroit Lions would have scored 56 points yesterday, folks. Easily. I'm, I'm dead serious. The Vikings defense did nothing against the Detroit Lions. Nothing. Absolutely bleeping nothing against the Detroit Lions. That falls on the whole team. A whole team is a, you know, it just do, does. Harrison Smith made a couple of nice tackles along the way, but overall, in general, quality tackles, that's a term I like to use, that's when a player is able to take a guy down without having to turn around to get him. <laughs> you take him down head on or even like backwards, you know, you push, push the player backwards. That's a quality tackle. When you have to turn around to tackle a guy, that's not a quality tackle. That means you got beat. Luckily, you're able to take him down and not get destroyed. But still, it's kind of a, okay, at least I got him type of tackle. Which was basically what Gene, uh, Gene, Chad Greenway was filled of the whole game. Chad Greenway is the ultimate uh, non-quality tackle guy. (laughs) At least so far this year. Another guy off to a ridiculously slow start is Chad Greenway, a guy that I am extremely critical of, and you'll hear that from Justin Day shortly on Twitter, who also is a critic of Chad Greenway. Completely understandable. Completely understandable. Aaron Henderson was okay along the way. He actually forced a fumble. Aaron got an interception. Unfortunately, the forced fumble went, uh, it, it got nullified because the player had scored a touchdown, that being Joey Bell. Unfortunately, that almost could have been an unbelievable turnaround for the Vikings, but it just was not meant to be. Gosh darn it. (laughs) Uh, This game is all over the place, folks. It really is. It really is. It's just you just keep bouncing around. Where do you go? But no, the linebackers in general, they were not very good either. Jamarcus Sanford took bad angles. Josh Robinson was surprisingly good, though. That's a guy I got to say. He was surprisingly good in the game. Josh Robinson looked better than expected. He forced a fumble in the game, and he actually recovered the fumble that was no longer that no longer counted via uh, Aaron Henderson. Unfortunately, that fumble didn't count, but that's just how it goes. Unfortunately, that's sports for you. <laughs> yes, sir. So really. In general, the defense got whooped up and down the field, all over the place. It was just no, no, there's just nothing that this team could do to stop the Detroit Lions. And uh, now, <laughs> we head to Chicago and hope we can do something about that. I, I, hopefully, the defense for the Minnesota Vikings can be better. I, I'm not really sure where to go with that. Chris Cook. Chris Cook was absolutely destroyed as well during the game. It was embarrassing how Kelvin Johnson just went right around him, caught the ball. No real contest by Chris Cook whatsoever. It's just one of those that's how it goes type of moments when it comes to Chris Cook. To me, he's not a starter in this league either. Another player who's just not a starter, and I would not mind seeing him get replaced at some point in time. But unfortunately, we are at a stage, again, just like Christian Ponder, there's not necessarily a guy that can replace him immediately. But long-term, Chris Cook should not be kept on as a starting cornerback. He's never forced a fumble. He's never gotten an interception. And big plays, pass deflections, anything like that have been rare to non-existent so far in Chris Cook's career. The highlight of Chris Cook's career has has been a domestic dispute. And he lost playing time. 
Oh, and by the way, he got injured twice as well in his rookie year before the domestic dispute. Whatever. Sorry for that. I had a blue screen of death here in one of the computers. Wonderful stuff, just like last week, but luckily everything is fine and running. <laughs> yes, but Chris Cook pretty much, you know, yeah, he, he has uh, he has no future in this league if you really want to be serious you know, about about getting anywhere. Honestly, I don't think Chris Cook is a serious player in this league. No pass deflections? He was drafted in 2010, folks. It's been a while, man. And yes, he missed some time, but I don't care. I don't care. He, there should be more going on with this son of a gun than we've seen thus far. So for me, Chris Cook is a goat in a big way. And he just might get an award when we get later on. Or actually, yeah, as we head into that right about now. So now we get to the, the awards for the week. For the players, anyway. The Fran Tarkinen Award is the most valuable player for the week. The Johnny Flynn, or Johnny Flynn, excuse me, that's Timberwolves Explosion. <laughs> Tavares Jackson Memorial for the worst player of the week, which could be multiple people. <laughs> but we got to pick one. We just have to. Boy, where do we go, huh? Well, the Fran Tarkenton Award, the player of the week. Drum roll, right? I got to get a sound bite for that. I don't know why I didn't do that like 100 years ago, but I'll get that for probably next week. The MVP of the week, the Fran Tarkenton Award, I guess, has to go to Adrian Peterson because he did get a 78-yard touchdown to Paydirt, and he did also score two other times after that, uh, receiving touchdown and a touchdown via the goal line. Three touchdowns for Adrian Peterson, 93 total yards. Most viable player for week one for the Minnesota Vikings. So now we head over to the Tavares Jackson Memorial. Oh, what a wonderful memory. And I could have easily, I, I could have given the MVP award to Jerome Simpson, but the fact that he tipped up that interception doesn't help. I suppose you could kind of help blame Adrian Peterson for the fumble as well. But no, I'm giving it to Adrian. He was better than Simpson. I, I, I guess. <laughs> he was better than Simpson, but the yardage after that first carry was terrible. It's just the fact that we were able to get in the end zone and the fact that, well, at least he draws enough attention from the defense that it forced, that it, it, gave, it gave openings to the Jerome Simpsons of the world. So, yeah, Fran Tarkington Award slightly going to Adrian over Simpson. Simpson, an honorable mention for that. Okay, Tavares Jackson Memorial. Boy, <laughs> Uh, you could give it to Christian Ponder. You could give it to Chris Cook. You could give it to Chad Greenway. You could give it to Matt Khalil. Oh, boy. Who am I going to give it to? All four. No. Ah, oh, boy. Almost to give it to Bill Musgrave, shouldn't I? <laughs> but that's kind of too easy. Gets kind of a go goofy way off. Screw the offensive coordinator. It's tough. It's a tough choice. I, I keep bouncing around from it. I had it earlier, and then I want to change my mind. And then I I suppose we got to go with Chris Cook, who was absolutely terrible the entire game. Complete non-factor. Oh, yeah, he tackled guys after they made the catch. Not a quality tackle, you know. Woohoo. Okay, but then again, I guess you have to tackle a guy after he makes the catch, and that's the only way you're going to get one. But saying, if cornerbacks are leading your team in tackles, obviously that means they're getting beat. Where's the pass deflection? Where's the quarterback throwing the other way? Well, Matthew Stafford had a lot of confidence throwing in Chris Cook's direction because Chris Cook was not going to make the play. 
So Chris Cook officially gets the Tavares Jackson Memorial. Congratulations, Chris Cook. You suck. Okay. <laughs> to keep it to keep it light, right? To keep it light. Oh man. But to yeah. To kind of close on the Detroit Lions. Jim Schwartz is an out of control coach who I think if this team has a losing record, will will be gone. That's my prediction. They're too out of control. Jim Schwartz's job should be in danger, absolutely. But if they keep playing as well as if if their offense is as good as it looked against our terrible defense yesterday, how it made if if their if their offense is better than our defense is terrible, boy, watch out for the Lions. Watch out. And Jim Schwartz will keep his job if they're this good. Just because, just by default, well, they won 11 games this year. we got to keep him. Not saying they're going to, but if. If they do, obviously you don't really fire a coach after that unless unless he absolutely gets them destroyed in the in the playoffs by making horrible decisions and all the players look like mentally ill and they lose by 50 because Green Bay or San Francisco, which could happen. But, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Very impressive, though. The Detroit Lions look extremely impressive on both sides of the ball right now. Their defensive line, their quarterback, they're obviously Kelvin Johnson, Nate Burleson looks good, and Reggie Bush looks like an unbelievable addition to their team. But again, it's one game. So with that, we will take a quick break, and we are going to return to preview the Chicago Bears and get to Mailbag and close the show for the week. We'll be right back right after this. Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get their first down, then get a touchdown. Rock them, sock them, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. V-I-K-I-N-G-S. Skull Vikings, let's go. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 145, which is a reminder for all iPod users and other MP3 players, like Android devices, which all you need is double twist for that. And, of course, Windows, just simply look it up, and BlackBerry, look it up in the store as well. Yes, sir, thank you again for listening, those of you on thesportstuff.com. And also from Dakota Sports FM, thank you again. Also, one quick reminder for you out there. Well, if you'd like to help out the show and thesportstuff.com, of course, simply uh, go <laughs> go to thesportstuff.com and there's a big button. Like, say, if you're an Amazon user, like, say, you like to buy stuff of Amazon, right? Well, there's a big, giant button on thesportstuff.com that simply says Amazon. It's the Amazon logo. Simply click on that and then act as normally you would on Amazon. You know, you just... Use your, you just buy whatever you're going to buy. Like, say you regularly buy stuff on Amazon, like you're going to buy a book or a DVD or, well, DVD, Blu ray or whatever, whatever it is, or Blu ray player. <laughs> All you got to do is go to thesportstuff.com and click on the link. That's it. Or click on the button, and that's it. There's no spyware involved. You're not going to get followed by anything. And then all that does is give a small percentage to thesportstuff.com. And that's how you can help us, by simply clicking a button. That's it. Bada bing, bada boom. And then, of course, when you're going to buy a product on Amazon. That's all you got to do. That's oh so terrific. Also, if you want to help the uh, Purple Mafia show, you can... <laughs> well, you can... If you could rate a review on iTunes, it would be greatly appreciated. If you really like the show and wanted to 
you know, want it to improve, want it to get more, more positive recognition, simply go on to iTunes, give it a positive rating, tell us what you like about it. would be terrific when you write the review, but sometimes all you got to do is click the five stars or whatever it is, four stars or three. Not anything lower than that, shame on you. This is not a two-star, one-star show. I'm sorry, it's just not. <laughs> no, it's just not. Uh, also, of course, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Click like and Twitter. Go there. At Purple Mafia Show and follow. Yes, okay, enough of that. Continue. Continue. The Vikings play the Chicago Bears. Yes, do we now? Do we play the Chicago Bears next week? Yeah, we do. Oh, goody. And who cares? The Bears suck. Vikings are going to win. Okay, I'm just kidding. I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, I, uh, I kind of have a good idea what's going to happen. And I don't know if you're going to like it or not, but it's just the way it goes. It's in Chicago. Yeah, it's in Soldier Field. Uh, I don't remember the last time the Minnesota Vikings opened with two games on the road in Detroit and in Chicago. Kind of a mean way to start a season. The Bears barely defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. In fact, I picked the Bengals over the Bears yesterday in Chicago in Soldier Field. But the Bears outduel a solid defensive-minded Cincinnati team that has a solid quarterback and good receivers. Um, it's, uh, yeah, they beat them. They beat the Bengals. And yes, it was in Chicago, so that helped. Andy Dalton and Jay Cutler, very similar games, but Andy Dalton, you could definitely argue, outplayed Jay Cutler, except for the second interception that Dalton threw in the game. I mean, almost 80% completion percentage, nearly 300 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, only one sack in the entire game. Jay Cutler, who supposedly is the worst offensive line ever, was not sacked once yesterday, so that's a bit surprising. That may be uh, not a good omen for the Vikings going into (laughs) Chicago because if Cincinnati can't get a sack against the, I guess, improved offensive line, I mean, congratulations, Dylan, off to a good start there. If they can protect Jay Cutler that well, boy, oh boy, with the non-factor we were against, uh, you know, trying to sack Matthew Stafford yesterday, only one sack. Ah, oh boy, we're in We're in for a fun time against Chicago next week. So a lot of indications not pointing the right direction for the Minnesota Vikings necessarily. Uh, Chicago's run defense looked pretty damn good against the Bengals as well. My goodness, they gave up less than 100 yards on the ground, did the Chicago Bears. That's not good. Their run offense, of course, not... Uh, you know, Matt Forte also struggled against Cincinnati's defense. Only 50 yards and 19 rushes, less than three yards of carry. So that's another issue going in. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with the Vikings' run defense. I don't know what to think about it. Off to a pathetic start, obviously, against uh, against Detroit. Both passing offenses, of course, looked very good. Brandon Marshall got eight receptions. A.J. Green also with nine receptions yesterday for Cincinnati. So, <laughs> oh goody, doesn't look good for the Vikings because Christian Ponder, despite, it does, yeah, they could have the worst pass defense in the world, but <laughs> they could have the worst pass defense in the world, could the Chicago Bears, and Christian Ponder would still struggle. He would. Remember how Indianapolis had supposedly a bad pass defense, and, and this team had a bad pass defense, and that team had a bad ta- pass defense? And Ponder would get 103 yards and no touchdowns. That's basically what happened last year. Is there any reason to think otherwise going into Chicago? No. (laughs) 
Peanut Tillman looks phenomenal. He got both interceptions yesterday. He also knocked down two passes. That's just his thing, isn't it? It's his thing. Awesome, awesome game for Peanut Tillman, the veteran. Boy, Vikings, I really wish they could call up Antoine Winfield right now. I think I think the possibility does exist, though surprisingly, Josh Robinson, who's definitely been under fire from everybody, after having a poor preseason, a lot of warning signs going into the regular season that, that this is going to be an ugly year for the Vikings in the secondary. Uh, Josh Robinson oh, slightly, slightly overachieved yesterday <laughs> going in. Not sure what he's going to do against the Chicago team, though. I mean, and, and it's tough. I mean, it's just one regular season game to judge the Chicago Bears going in. But the Vikings basically never beat the Bears in Chicago. It's once in a while, and it's a phenomenon when they do. It's usually when the Vikings are having a great season and the Bears are just lousy and terrible. But ultimately, if the, yeah, I mean, like the 98 Vikings were a phenomenal team. The 2009 Vikings couldn't even win in Chicago, and the Bears were pretty weak that year. Uh, Vikings never play well in Chicago. Basically never. The only good part about it is at least it's not later in the year. The Vikings tend to go to Chicago later in the year and they just die, you know, because it's very cold there, very windy. Um, the Bears are, I guess, more used to it than, than we are, and they took advantage of it and defeated the Minnesota Vikings on a regular basis in November, December. Again, luckily this is mid-September, early to mid-September going into Chicago. Still very summer-like, so not much of an issue from the weather going in, I don't think, anyway. I don't think, barring, barring some type of crazy uh, uh, ice age going on in Chicago, but, <laughs> uh, boy, I'm not real confident going into this one. Kind of surprised that a semi-sloppy team of Chicago could be 2-0 and going into the year. That would pretty much cement them in first place unless Detroit can win again next week. Boy, oh boy. So, and generally in the past, I would I would do a NFC North roundup, and I guess I'm kind of doing it already in a way. It's kind of by default. I'll just briefly talk about the Packers after this, just to wrap that up before I get to the mailbag. NFC North roundup is gen- generally around the time of the preview going into the Chicago Bears game, or excuse me, you know, next week's game. But, uh, boy, it, it's, it's tough to judge in general. The Bears are not... A great team, and everybody knows that. I picked them to go eight and eight. Dylan Richardson picked them to go nine and seven, and he's a Bears fan from Northern California, but a Bears fan. Well, <laughs> just on paper, it looks like the offensive line has improved dramatically. the The two young rookies are off to a good start. Certainly didn't give up a sack to a an impressive Cincinnati defense, defensive minded coach, and all that good stuff. It doesn't bode well for a Vikings win. And of course, yes, the Vikings never, they just never win in Chicago. Jay Cutler generally plays pretty well against the Minnesota Vikings. He generally does, and the Bears tend to just pull off victories against the Vikings in Chicago. Brandon Marshall against Chris Cook, I don't like it. (laughs) Brandon Marshall against Xavier Rhodes, uh, well, Rhodes had a pretty kind of, kind of a meh penalty yesterday as well. Xavier Rhodes is just going into his second game. Don't like the matchup with the Minnesota with any of the Vikings secondary, and I mean any of them against Brandon Marshall, with maybe a slight exception to Harrison Smith. And Harrison Smith is a safety; he's not necessarily going to be on Marshall one on one, though he may be uh, called on a double team, and I wouldn't be oh too surprised with that. Um, Martellus Bennett had an okay game yesterday as well for the Bears, and, and a solid start 
for him coming into the season, a second round pick years ago in 2008. For some reason, I thought he was newer than, than that, but apparently not. <laughs> Brandon Marshall, though, and Jay Cutler. I mean, Brandon Marshall is the kind of guy that's going to get a million receptions. No matter who he plays against, he's going to get a million receptions. It doesn't matter if it's Baltimore in their prime or Arizona in their uh, slime. You know, when they just they gave up everything. It's uh, it's all adding up to another... I, I, I don't think the Chicago Bears are going to run all over the Vikings like the Detroit Lions did, but they're going to score against the Vikings. And Christian Ponder going against this... Continuing this this good Chicago Bears defense, not great but good Chicago Bears defense. You got obviously you have Julius Peppers who's phenomenal, Charles Tillman, Chuck Tillman, Peanut Tillman, Lance Briggs, all these wonderful players on Chicago. Of course, the linebacker is gone. The linebacker, yep, that guy Brian Erlacher is gone. So that's one slight, obviously, difference in last year, and not that Erlacher was a really as much of a factor last year as he's been in the past. But if the Vikings go into Chicago and win, I will be very, very surprised. With how poor the Vikings played against Detroit, and generally how the Vikings just, they just don't get it done in Chicago, for whatever reason. They just don't. It's just not a winning environment for the Vikings historically. Unless it's 98, when the Bears were one of the worst defenses of all time. Just terrible. No quarterback, no running back, nothing. And the Vikings had the best offense ever. Period. Ever. Um, the Vikings stormed. The Vikings tore apart that Bears team. But this is a a halfway decent Bears team playing at home that plays extremely well at home all the time, even when they're not very good. And the Vikings just do not impress me right now. Christian Ponder going against Peanut Tillman scares the crap out of me. <laughs> Greg Jennings and Peanut Tillman sounds like a... Like a win for the Bears again. The way Jennings didn't was was basically invisible yesterday. It takes Ponder time to get chemistry with play, with uh, receivers, as we noticed last year with Jerome Simpson. Though I don't even know where to go with that. I should just shut up there. <laughs> Almost like a bad take there, but Jerome Simpson, whatever. Anyway, right? But uh, if the Vikings are to win in Chicago, we're going to need to see Cordero Patterson have a coming out party, and obviously. Adrian Peterson is going to have to be dramatically better against the Bears. And, of course, the freaking offensive line is going to have to do a 180. 180 going into this game. They are going to have to play one of the best games they've played in quite a while if the Vikings are to go into Chicago and win. And that's obviously protect Ponder enough that he can make a play. Maybe possibly hit a Greg Jennings, a Jerome Sampson, or, my goodness, a Cordell Patterson. How wonderful would that be? And one other question, where's Jarius Wright? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> though I believe he's hurt, though. Ah, excuse me. But um, still, just saying, yeah. We could use Jarius Wright in there as well. Would be nice if if he's available. But um, ultimately, uh, it's, it's all about, it's all about uh, certain players need to do a 180. Can Chris Cook surprise somebody and, like, not deflect a pass for the first time in his career? Force a fumble. Okay, he's deflected passes. Excuse me. Force a fumble for the first time in his career. Force a turnover of some kind. Wouldn't that be something if he, if Chris Cook were to do that? It's going to take something like that. It's going to take something like that. You're going to need to fluster Jay Cutler and get him to freak out and make mistakes. You're going to need that. 
It's going to have to be that way. And obviously the offensive line is going to have to be way better, which would mean Adrian Peterson would have a huge game. But I also believe that you're going to need to see something that the Vikings have not had the past past several years, and that's a guy like Cordero Patterson having a breakout game. A coming out party, so to speak, in Soldier Field. Will it happen right now? I say probably not. So that would add up to a, we'll say a 21 21 to 14 victory for the Chicago Bears in a kind of meh type of game. You know, a kind of a, another sloppy type of game where the Bears offense won't be as impressive as Detroit's, but it will be kind of a sloppy black and blue division type of game where a guy like Brian Marshall is going to get like 8 to 10 receptions and they'll find he'll find his way in the end zone one, at least once, maybe twice, unfortunately. And uh, we'll just go from there and hope to God there isn't a pick six. But I'm going to say there won't be a pick six. <laughs> but expect at least one interception from Christian Ponder just because just because I think the interceptions are going to start to be more frequent for this young man. Yeah. Remember last year he didn't throw one for a while and then they started happening. I think the interception total is going to be real high this year, folks, for Christian Ponder. We're talking 20 plus. And again, that sucks. But what can you do? 21-14 to 14 victory for the Bears in a sloppy, meh kind of a game for the Vikings. And if you're out there still listening after that, God bless you. <laughs> it's not only Christian Ponder, of course. Boy, this team is killing this show, isn't it? Oh, For those of you that have been loyal to this show all these years and have been listening, God bless you. God bless you. So... <laughs> We are going to take one final break and we'll be back for the mailbag segment. Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back. are back for the final segment of Purple Mafia. Yes, sir. Again, one final reminder, this is episode number 145 for those of you listening on a device with no screen or you don't feel like looking. Yeah. <laughs> episode number 145 for those of you wondering. Maybe you're listening in the in the distant future from now. Yes. Maybe it's 2015 and you're just curious of how the show sounded like back then. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually it's going to be 2015. Okay, move on, Joey. Please move on. Please do go to and like the Purple Mafia page. Would be also appreciated. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. We have all kinds of good stuff going on. Yes, we got guys calling out Ponder. We have guys depending, defending Ponder. It's all over the place. <laughs> Matthew Kyle is saying it's hard to defend Ponder after that performance, but he did show some improvements regarding his deep ball capabilities. I blame Musgrave just as much for the terrible play calling. Yeah, good thoughts, Matthew Kyle. You sound a lot like me there about on the deep passes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was getting all that getting all that ready in the notes and such. I mean, yeah, it sounded a lot like me there. Good thoughts by Matthew. Kyle can't really disagree with too much on that one. Other than, well, 
I'm maybe a little bit tougher on Ponder than you are. But yeah, like I said, I was going to say my uh, my more analytical approach of, of him going in. Not saying he's the worst quarterback ever, but yeah, you get the idea. <laughs> it gets a little busy here for a while, but I'm not going to, obviously not going to read everything because I can't. That would be a little bit crazy. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, Jerry Hicks making an interesting comment. Yeah, I've got to mention Jerry Hicks. He's the guy that did that, go Vikings, you know, that you hear in the breaks. Jerry Hicks, that's Jerry Hicks singing it, folks. So, got to mention that. Shout out to Jerry Hicks. So, when it, yeah, nice to see him post. He doesn't post very often. He says, you feel Ponder can't even complete a pass, let alone a comeback. Yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> you know? You know, ain't that the truth, huh? Mm-mm. Anthony Belfori was saying how oh, Ponder and Simpson just surprised us. And yeah, they did a bit. It's it's kind of funny how that happened during the course of the the game. <laughs> Cedric Paulding jumping in saying he agrees totally with everything I had said. Kevin Williams being out affects the defense that much. The play calling is killing me. I don't get Musgrave's game plan. Third and one, and we bootleg Ponder. Yeah, Detroit is eight men in the box. And we aren't making any attempt to spread them out. I know it's only week one, but look like we regressed from last season. Go Vikes. Oh my, Cedric. Yeah, it does look like we regressed. Uh, this team is definitely worse right now than last year. No doubt about it. And I was saying how aside from how undisciplined the Lions are and how Ponder isn't good, the defense of this team is going to get us killed. Without a doubt. Oh man, man, man. Yeah, Mark Carlson saying there's no way the Vikings can play our way to any hopes of a winning season with Ponder taking the snaps. Sure, there is blame to share, but honestly, if you have no threat in a passing situation, how can you spread the defense out for any other play like an AP run? Absolute joke, isn't it? Hickey believes that the O-line is bad. Ponder is bad again. Thought the defense was going to be good, but Detroit was up and down the field. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Justin Day also saying that the play calling needs to be better. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, he's saying conservative play calling was okay in 2011 for 10 games and tolerable to a point last year, but the training wheels came off the last three weeks of the season, particularly week 17, and the training wheels are back on. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable, Justin, yeah. It's unbelievable how the training wheels... Yeah, they're right back on again, except for those two passes to Simpson, and that's basically about what it is. Obviously, having to break down a little bit because uh, you know some of these are really long, and I can't read the whole thing just because. Even though the takes are really good, I just can't read the whole thing in order to uh, extend the show too much longer with just reading, reading, reading. That will make people crazy. <laughs> oh, Sebastian! Sebastian was making fun of me a little bit, saying how it's like, really, Joey? No. He's, where was it? Oh, Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. He said he changed his predictions. He sent out earlier week one Lions 17, Vikings 24th. Vikings, man, he changed his predictions. He has the Vikings winning the NFC North 10 and 6 record, Detroit 9 and 7, Green Bay 8 and 8, Chicago 6 and 10. Okay, so Sebastian did change his uh, predictions, but I believe that, well, that was after the game. No, that was before the game. <laughs> before the game, he had a very harsh, uh, okay, I'll just leave it as this. Sebastian had a very harsh uh, thought of the Vikings and finishing in last place in Detroit. 
making it to the Super Bowl, which is a bit crazy, but okay, I won't say it's crazy. With the way that offense looks, Sebastian looks actually pretty smart with that prediction. Oh, man. Man, man, man. Uh, Mark Carlson, I know there was one here. Yes, he says, uh, saying how he was excited, getting the kickoff ready. I'll leave that one for now. Oh, my. Uh, oh man, I wish I, uh, Tony, Tony Coleman saying the darker colors on the Lions. Yes, here we go. Interesting take here. It's a little bit separate type of take. New uniforms look like sweat stains. Poor design? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I was talking to Paul Tuniverse Caniff, who was in attendance with me watching the game yesterday. Or uh, I was in attendance at his place, I guess you could say, but, you know, getting all the notes and everything while watching. Um, yeah, what the hell? It looked like sweat. It, it did. A good take there, Tony. <laughs> yep, Tony also saying he has no faith in Christian Ponder. Here we go. Very good takes here by Mark Carlson. Saying, I'm still suffering from the rugged loss yesterday to the Lions. It was tough to take. Putting some ice on my nerves today. And speaking of injuries, Joey, I'm looking forward to the next show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for that <laughs> updated injury list. Well, right now, it just kind of is what it is, I guess you could say. The injured list, yeah, it's, uh, well, Sullivan will probably play. Uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Kevin Williams is still kind of up in the air. That's kind of where the injury list is with the Vikings right now at the time being. But being this is a podcast, it's, you know, stuff can change at any notice. So apologize if you're, like, out there saying, what's he talking about? Well, that's how it goes. Switch over to the Twitter very briefly, very, very briefly, at Purple Mafia Show. Yes, that's all you got to do. Go the, uh, go on to Twitter, look up at Purple Mafia Show, and follow. Would be very, very appreciated. <laughs> so we got to look at some of them. Uh, Justin Day and others on here trying to pick out some good ones here. Of course, Chris saying, got Reggie. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. They got Reggie all right, don't they? Oh. They sure do. Here we go. Justin in Rochester at J-Day. Here we go. As I've said to Purple Mafia show. Yep, that being me, of course. Chad Greenway is so overrated. Yes. We're going to give a gold star. There it is. I knew I wanted to give it to Justin, and there it is. Gold star, Justin Day. Gold star, Justin Day. You have been on fire of late, my friend. Yes, sir. And I love it. Good job, Justin. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, sliding up very briefly, Anthony, Antonio Fett, at Antonio Fett, saying, I see this team going 0-2. The Vikings secondary is in deep trouble. The quarterback, coach, should be considering Ponder's future. I agree, Anthony, that the Vikings are going to go 0-2, and that sucks. The secondary looks invisible. Except for Harrison Smith making some hits. I mean, Jamarcus Stanford, kind of back to his old habits, uh, miss uh, making taking bad angles, didn't exactly do his classic fumble forcing like he did last year. Led the team in forced fumbles last year. Four forced fumbles from Jamarcus Stanford felt like a thousand. It, it really did because the guy did nothing before that. This is a secondary that does not force turnovers, and they certainly didn't really do all too much of that yesterday. They did. <laughs> it's it's just been. A huge frustration for years with the Vikings. Uh, secondary now. I mean, I, I don't even want to go over it much anymore. They did get one interception yesterday, which we deeply appreciate. 
<laughs> That's the only good thing, really, with the Vikings' defense. Oh, they forced one turnover. That was Aaron Henderson, of course, who I thought played fairly well. I think he was the best linebacker yesterday. You guys can slap me around all you want and disagree all you want, but that's, again, one man's opinion, and that's why we do a show. D. Fry, hopefully you keep listening. Hopefully you're listening. Hopefully, yeah, keep in contact, D. Fry. Keep uh, replying, or keep mentioning, cool uh, friend of Anthony. And he's a Bears fan, so, yeah, and Bears fans are welcome to comment all you want. Dylan Richardson is a Bears fan, and, yes, I'll be getting back to that in three seconds. He simply says, bring back Culpepper. <laughs> That's a borderline gold star right there. I almost thought to give that a silver star. Oh, well, hey, there it is. There's the replacement for Ponder. Uh, yeah, and then everybody would be going crazy about that within five minutes. But, oh, well, we'll leave that as is. Thank you for that, D-Fry. Love that. <laughs> thank you for that, D-Fry. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Shout-outs to two quick shout-outs. Anthony Framelli and Dan Taylor. Where are you guys? Ah, I missed you. Oh, legends to Purple Mafia. I did message, I did contact Anthony Framelli today. Um, yep. Busy guy, of course, just just like me as well. Very, you know, busy guy. Just seeing you shout-out. Missed you. Hope to hear from you on the show soon. And Dan Taylor from the UK, man. One of the great posters of all time. Matt Emer, too, out of the UK. Man, missed you guys. Haven't heard from those guys in months on the Pearl Mafia show. Hope to hear from you soon. Just thought I'd give those shout-outs to those three guys. <sighs> Speaking of shout-outs, Dylan Richardson. Yes, sir. Shout-out to Dylan Richardson. He will be on episode number 146 to review the Vikings and Bears game. Dylan on the last show was saying he wants to be on again very soon, and he will be on very soon. Very soon. I almost could have had him on today to preview the Bears game, but it's like, yeah. Uh, it's probably better to do the review, you know, and at this point, and on such short notice, I didn't want to just be like, hey, Dylan, you want to come on tonight? Because I feel, you know, it's Monday night, got to get the show out, you know, Monday night, Tuesday afternoon, whatever you want to call it, got to get the show out, and <laughs> Tuesday afternoon, I'm just kidding, Tuesday morning, whatever, got to get the show out, and um, so we'll we'll definitely have Dylan on post, post-Chicago Bears a week from now, we'll be very cool. So then again, if you liked hearing me and Dylan on the season preview, you'll like hearing me and Dylan reviewing a football game probably just as much. It'll be terrific. Those of you out there, hey, still listen to the season preview. A lot of you have not listened to it yet. <laughs> hint, hint. Do check it out. would be appreciated. Do check out the sportsstuff.com, Dakota Sports FM. Oh, oh, thank you so much, both of you, for having us. Of course, the sportsstuff.com, the flagship website. Do join the TSS Boards uh, Facebook page as well if you could. Yes, TSS Boards Facebook page. Simply go there and post all you like. would be terrific. So thank you again, everybody, for listening. As mentioned before, Chicago 21-14. to Chicago 21-14 to over Minnesota in a meh type of football game. Aren't you excited? But then, ooh, but then hopefully things will, the tide will start turning when the Vikings come home to play the Cleveland Browns. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Because it's just not time yet. So everybody, do enjoy <laughs> this week. It's going to cool down a bit. Hopefully not too much for some of you out there in the next couple of days. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We'll be back sooner rather than later.